Hello, humans. This is Josh Schlossberg with the Green Root Podcast, the official podcast of the Eco Integrity Alliance, eco integrityalliance.org. So, I'm going to be talking off the cuff about something that is happening in the county in which I live, actually, not many miles from my doorstep. So, folks may or may not be aware that Eco Integrity Alliance has been working on a variety of different campaigns, the biggest of which right now has been the whole idea of Forest Service and other agencies and industry logging our forests pretending it's for wildfire risk reduction and actually making wildfires worse in the process by heating forests up, by drying them, by opening them up to wind, emitting carbon into the atmosphere, spending billions on this instead of where that taxpayer money should be going, which is to make homes firewise, hardening the homes, doing some treatments 30 feet around the house, maybe 60, maybe at the most 100 feet, switching out wooden roofs with metal roofs, screening off the gutters, things like that that actually protect homes from 95% of the stand replacement, the largest wildfires, according to the Forest Service's own science. So this has been a real complex issue in some ways. It's actually pretty simple. It's kind of just what I said. But the industry is making it complex because they want to log and they want to come up with reasons to log because they know they can't get away with just, well, we want to cut down trees and sell them. So they have to come up with all these, this Orwellian doublespeak and got to hand it to them. They're pretty good at what they do because most media has totally bought into it. The vast majority of politicians on both sides of the aisle, 100%. All you got to do is look at the wildfire ecology. All you got to do is go out into the forest. And all you got to do is use a little common sense to know that this is nonsense. So this is going on across the West, has been for quite some time. And it's tied into biomass energy where you cut down these trees and you use that for energy. But a lot of times it's just being done on its own. It's just the justification for industry to continue destroying, degrading forests. and it's going on across the Western US primarily, although I've even seen justifications in places like Vermont in these moist Northeastern forests. So they'll use it anywhere they can get their hands on it. And it's planned for now about tens of millions of acres across the West to do this, what they call fuel reduction, wildfire risk reduction. They have a bunch of nonsense terminology for it. And they don't want you to call it logging, even though it is literally logging. And billions are going to it, billions of taxpayer dollars, over $3 billion. I think it's close to four at this point. I know for a fact it's over $3 billion. We've been engaging on this in terms of the federal level. So this is Forest Service. Also, some of this goes on uh, Bureau of Land Management. But here in Colorado, our congressional delegation, so this is Senators Bennett, Senator Hickenlooper, and Representative Joe Neguse, they are the biggest cheerleaders in Congress to do this logging under the guise of wildfire. And they're all Democrats. And this is a fairly progressive state, or at least a blue state at this point here in Colorado. And they're pushing for all this nonsense. It's the epicenter in many ways. Like I said, tens of millions of acres across the West it's planned for. 
3.5 million acres alone in Colorado's Front Range. So that is our highly populated near the cities and then the mountains and forests nearby. 3.5 million acres, they want to do this. But it makes it more complicated because it's going on federal level. And then, so that's national forests, things like that. It's also going on state level. So some state forests and county forests, and then even some municipal forests. So it's really hard to get a handle on all this. And I think the layers, well, they, they certain, whether it's intentional or not, it certainly makes it easy for them to push it all through and difficult for us. But I've been seeing some pretty crazy stuff here in Colorado that even shocks me. I've been following this stuff and doing either advocacy or balanced journalism. For a while, I was actually a balanced journalist and I put all the sides of the issue into it. But anyway, I was living in Oregon, which is the timber capital of the country. And I saw some pretty nasty stuff. I have never seen more corruption around this stuff than I'm seeing right now in Colorado, in Jefferson County, and this town of Evergreen in which I live. So you might be like, well, all right, this is your local problem, whatever, Josh. Well, the truth is, this is a model. This is where they're testing this stuff out, and they're going to do it everywhere if they get away with it here. So the reason they're doing so much here is because Jefferson County is the most corrupt place I've ever lived. I have never been more disenfranchised than I have out here talking to my elected officials. If they even respond to you, which they rarely do, they never respond to your point. They're always gaslighting. They'll lie straight up to you. And I think the reason is, well, you know, a lot of it is kind of good old boys and good old girls up here in the hills. It's kind of like half liberal, sometimes progressive up here, and then half just pretty far right and also conservative because it's becoming a little bit more mountainous and rural, but the city isn't that far away. This is only about 30 miles out of Denver, not even, not even that far. So it's like a weird patchwork. And so the constituency is kind of half and half. And on top of that, there is no city that is large really in Jefferson County. There, there, there are some small cities, but because of that, there is no dedicated media outlet. So this stuff flies under the radar. There are other publications that will cover things in Jefferson County, but it's not their priority. And our politicians know that. And so they've gotten away with some astounding things. Again, I've been doing this a long time and I'm still shocked and I'm going to tell you about what's been so shocking recently. So, like I said, a lot of this stuff, this wildfire risk reduction logging, and it is nothing but logging, is going on on federal land, so national forests, but it's also going on in county parks. So I have spent the last few years basically hiking every mile of trail in every park in Jefferson County, and it's been a great thing to do during the pandemic. And... I think the forests out here are beautiful. It's so there'll be a lot of ponderosa pine. There'll be some lodgepole pine as you go a bit higher up. There'll be spruce forest and, you know, there's occasional Douglas fir and things like that. But it's this beautiful combination of forests and then a lot of meadows. So tall grass meadows and the wildlife out here is astounding. Elk herds, bear, fox, all sorts of bird species, you name it. It's it's really beautiful out here. And 
people have the privilege here of living close to city, but also being really close to wilderness. I can walk out my door and see, you know, two minute walk. I can see 14ers. So I can see 14ers in the Mount Evans wilderness, Mount Evans wilderness area. And there I can drive to the wilderness and like, you know, I don't know, 20, 20 minutes. I can get to national forest in less time. So it's really cool to be out here. And just to preface things, there is risk to the communities when you build into the forest where wildfires burn and they should burn, it can be a risk. It's just like if you build your house in a floodplain, that's sometimes what happens. So we've been advocating for this whole time, like I said, routing that money, those billions towards making homes firewise, hardening homes. So that's something we want to see done up here. It's barely being done because why? Because the money is going to this. It's going to this wildfire risk reduction. So it was, I can't even remember the timeline over a year ago, maybe a little bit longer when I had stumbled on in one of the parks where I hike a substantial logging operation being done under this whole guise of wildfire. And typically what they do, and even this is not legitimate, is they'll quote, thin out some of the tight tighter stand. So lodgepole pine grows tight. That's what it does. That's natural. That's okay. That's fine. It's beautiful. It's forest ecology. People don't like it. <laughs> like that doesn't look as pretty as I envision a forest to look or whatever. And so industry is like, well, we're going to go in there and cut out some trees here and there. Now that's not legitimate in terms of wildfire. That makes, as I said, it makes the forest hotter by letting in the sunlight. It makes it drier, which is obviously what causes wildfire and it opens it up to wind. So our most destructive fire in Colorado history happened just not that long ago, a year, maybe it was two years ago. And it happened in almost entirely grassland and residential neighborhood. Like it doesn't get more thinned out than that. So that is not what the issue is. The issue is protecting homes anyway. So they're doing, they're saying, well, we're just thinning out these tight stands. And a lot of people will look at that and because they don't know any better, they'll just be like, you know what? That sounds fine with me. You're just thinning. You're thinning. It's thinning. It sounds nice. Like who, who doesn't want to be thin, right? You know, whatever. So that is not cool. And we've been pointing out how it's nonsense. A lot of it is going to biomass and all that stuff. But it's a lot harder to fight. And a lot of people just let it be. And you know, maybe in some cases there are other battles to fight, more important battles to fight in theory, right? Well, at this park called Flying J Ranch Park in Conifer, it's in Jefferson County, I came across 150 acres of clear cuts right on the trails. So I think the park has maybe seven miles of trail. About four miles of it is now just through block clear cuts, like clear cuts that I've only seen in basically private land, industrial timberland in Oregon. And they're just doing it on in our public parks. This is a popular park right on the trail. I was like, I, they're getting bold. Holy, I couldn't believe that they would do something this blatant. Usually they hide the stuff. I found stuff up in the mountains. It's not quite that bad, but similar to that, that being fed to the biomass facility up in Gypsum, the Eagle Valley biomass facility. And, but I was really surprised to see this in the populated area where so many people hike, you know, 
it's just one of the most popular hiking just areas, this front range in, in the country. And so I was pretty astounded by that. I tried to call attention to my elected officials who couldn't care less. They didn't even respond to me. They just ignored me, you know, showing them the studies that this is even by your own science, this is nonsense. You know, your science, your industry doublespeak, even this, this is not what you said you would do. So this was Jefferson County, Jefferson County open space. And it was also Denver Mountain Parks. It's kind of complicated. They, they own patchworks there. And the worst of it actually was done by Denver Mountain Parks. So I will put that out there. Jefferson County did also do some nasty stuff as well. And what I was trying to do is saying, can we have a public hearing? Can we have engagement and involvement? And we found out that they deliberately didn't tell people that they didn't want any engagement and they were just putting out their forest plan. And I was asking them, can you please, before you vote on this, actually get some ecology involved, some wildfire science and some people who aren't just agency and industry there. I mean, they're no, they don't even respond. And when they do, it's, it's just a, a hard no or some form of gaslighting or, or whatever. So we realized we need to get media coverage of this. We had that summer put up a billboard urging our congressional delegation to not spend billions on this instead to protect homes. So we had been putting this out there on a billboard in, in Denver, and we were trying to get some media coverage that whole summer, which we couldn't get. We couldn't get any media to report on this. I used to work as a journalist. I, I pulled up all the names of every journalist in the state who had written on the topic. None of them would even respond. Uh, I think I got one to respond who then just ghosted. Finally, because we knew an influential person who knew a journalist, finally, the Denver Post did write an article, and it was actually a very good article. It did lay out industry's perspective, but it laid out ours, and it wasn't just a he said, she said. It, it utilized some science. So that was a really excellent article. Uh, that person has basically been laid off since then and is not writing feature stories anymore. Um, but you can check out prior podcasts, the Green Room podcast, where I actually go through that article and give my take on it line by line. Same with this other article by this publication called The Colorado Sun, which basically was the worst article I've ever read on the topic. Uh, it was basically, it, it quoted us, but it pigeonholed us as people who were concerned about aesthetics when it's actually the folks who are like, well, we need to make the forest look the way we want it to. That's, that's the aesthetics argument or that wildfires make forests ugly. I find a wildfire burn forest to be beautiful because I understand the ecology behind it. Uh, anyway, so they wrote an article. It was very terrible. It was just basically not just giving industry the final say and the first say and going on a tour with only them, but treated it as objective fact. It was just, no matter what your take on the issue, it was poor journalism. It was just, it was agency opinion disguised as journalism. It was really upsetting. I've, uh, I've contacted them about it. They have refused to do any sort of follow-up, including for this, what I'm about to tell you about. So, that was the debacle with Flying J Ranch. I'm like, well, at least people will know about this, right? And I went skiing, cross-country skiing, maybe it was two weeks ago, maybe a little, maybe three weeks ago. And at 
one of my favorite parks not that far from me, Elk Meadow Park, right off the side of the highway, super popular. I would say it's probably the most popular park in the county. And there was one of those management signs. I was like, oh man, Josh, don't ruin your ski. You know, it's made, it's not going to be as bad as the other one. And it's really hard to get any attention for this. So what are you going to do? You know, telling myself that. Of course, I go for my ski and then I got to check it out on the way back. And it was worse than I could have imagined. Okay. This is actually the worst thing I've ever seen under the guise of wildfire. So what I found was hundreds of mature and old growth trees up to 129 years old, which is in Colorado, it's hard to grow trees. We're up at 7,000 feet. I mean, that's a pretty old tree, fat ponderosa pines. So many of them around that age range, 129 years old was the oldest that I was able to find. There may be older ones. I didn't count all the hundreds of, of log rings. Uh, definitely count another one, 121 years old. There are a bunch of others, certainly higher than 100 or around the 100 range. The rest were 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. Many definitions of old growth are 80 years old. Whatever you want to call them, and they are old growth, they are fire-resistant ponderosa pines. So even in their own forest plan, it specifically states to retain and not to log and to promote the larger diameter, older Ponderosa pine. These are trees that love fire. They have thick bark. They actually self prune their branches up to a certain level. There, I have never seen anything in even the industry BS suggesting that we would go in there and cut the fat, fire resistant 129 year old old growth trees. I've never seen that. Even they've never even attempted to justify it because it's so crazy. But this is what I realized. Oh man. Okay. So they got away with the thinning stuff and everyone said it was fine. They, and media barely covered it. They got away with clear cutting of 150 acres and, you know, barely any reporting, only one good article on it. Another basically just PR for them. They're like, let's just keep going and see what we can do. So now they're logging old growth trees. And I was like, all right, this we've nailed them. We got them now. We can debunk and expose this whole scheme for what it is, which is just logging for the sake of logging and pretending it's about wildfire because even their own stuff says this is not what to do. So I took photos. I took videos. I made a photo that has the tree with the log rings and I kind of bracketed every 20 just so you can count up to 129 like while you're looking at it. You can blow up the photo if you want. I started sending out press releases about this. Nearly all the media ignored me. So even the media that had just put out, well, they're only cutting these trees. So they, they had put out the industry lying to them and then something that disproves what they just reported on, they're still not covering that. Now, as we speak, I, I have gotten a few more journalists to potentially be interested. We'll see. None of those articles have come out yet and they're still logging there. So by the t even if the article comes out, which I don't know if they will, the all the trees are going to be cut by then. It's it's amazing what they can get away with, but this it's not over yet. So 
I communicated this to the county commissioners and my state senator and stuff like that. And of course, no response. Why would they, right? Because they don't have to. There's no one and no media entities holding them accountable. They've done whatever they want up here forever. So that's been what they're, why would they not do that, right? And so then I did go on a call with somebody from the Audubon Society. They found out about my stuff by me posting it. And they did talk to a local representative or state senator. I forget because she actually went from rep to senator or senator to rep. So sorry, I, I can't remember it. And she did listen to us talk for a little bit about what's going on in the county. You know, didn't didn't say that they would take any action, but su suggesting that they were concerned. We'll see. And then found out that that individual, along with two of my county commissioners, my actual county commissioner, and then another county commissioner, um, my state senator, and then another representative, were going to be holding a town hall meeting later that week. So this was five days out. Still, up until the day before, it was not officially announced. I was going to invite other people, but it wasn't even certain. Finally, 24 hours in advance, we found out it was a go, this town hall meeting. So they were hiding even the fact that they were having these town hall meetings. That original senator representative did not make it, but my other one did. And so did the county commissioner, who was my com county commissioner, who also sits on the Colorado Fire Commission. So this is the person to talk to. So I went to this town hall meeting. There were only four people in the audience. Uh, there were maybe six people, but two of them were also with the one of the politicians, kind of staff people, or you know, uh, on sitting on some of their committees. So there were actually four citizens. I mean, it might have actually been less, but I knew two of the other people were one of the Audubon Society person and another person who lives close to these parks and doesn't want them being logged because she knows this is not protecting her home. It's making the fire danger worse. So there, it was an hour of sitting there in this room, listening to these politicians talk about how awesome they thought they were. They would make these jokes that only they would laugh at because they weren't funny. They were just like self-aggrandizing, patting themselves on the back and they would all roar at the table. And the rest of us were like, that wasn't, that wasn't even a funny joke. That wasn't even a joke. So that wasn't a good start. But then after a full hour, they opened it up to Q&A and they didn't make any specifications about what that meant based on past hearings that I've gone to, whether virtually or in person. Usually get, you get three minutes. You get three minutes to make a statement and ask a question. So I started, I asked that they move the camera to face me because I had a feeling something was going to go wrong because they were recording this as on a live stream. So I kind of read a very quick statement. So I wanted three minutes to read my statement and I practiced it knowing it was under three minutes. And it was basically just laying out, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what the science is. And then the question, which is, will you hold a moratorium on this logging until we can have public hearings, until we can have an investigation of what's going on with this old growth logging that's happening two miles away? And one of the commissioners kept interrupting me, wouldn't let me speak. And they would say things like, come on, we have a bunch of other people in here. There were four of us, <laughs> an hour of listening to them, and they wouldn't let me speak for three minutes. I kept interrupting. And then, you know, after less than two minutes, I was like, again, I listened to you for an hour. Can I have three minutes? 
And then one of the county commissioners names Andy Kerr, he said, you already had three minutes and I have the video and I looked at it, it was two minutes um, and interrupted minutes. So then I finally got the question out, will you hold a moratorium? Of course, they, they never answer stuff. And uh, I forgot to say that I had photos and I had of these trees being logged. So of, you know, scores of the trees being logged, fat, fat logs with my hat against it. So you could see the size. I had the photo of the 129 year old tree with the brackets. So you could count up to that. I handed out the laminate to the people in the audience and I handed out the other photo to the people on the, the table, including the county commissioner. And then what my county commissioner by the name of Leslie Dahlkemper. So she is a Jefferson County commissioner. She sits on the Colorado Fire Commission. So that's the whole entity that manages all this stuff throughout the state. She said on the public record with the photo right in front of her that the county is not logging trees of 125 years is what she said on the record. So I have the video of that and I've been posting it. I've made videos of it. Let me be very clear. We've talked with Jeffco Open Space. There are no old growth, 125 year plus trees that have been cut down. Well, so that's that's an absolute lie, okay? And I don't like using that term lightly. A lot of people will just say somebody's opinion or they don't know quite what's going on as a lie. No, a lie is intentional mistruth. And I had sent the photos to her at least five days prior. Now she might not have, she's chosen not to look at them. So she's choosing not to see it. And then it's literally in front of her. And you can see in the video, we have the Senator sitting next to it, kind of like looking at it and also shaking her head like it wasn't happening. Um, she said this on the record. So my County commissioner is not only approving these plans to clear cut, to thin, to clear cut, to, log old growth trees, but you bring a photo to them and at a public meeting, they will say, we're not doing that. So that's the most through the rabbit hole I've ever been. I don't know if media is going to cover this because it makes the politicians look bad. And, you know, I've never been a Republican and I never will be, but I'm not a Democrat anymore because the media only seems to want to report on things that the Republicans do wrong, which is plenty. But when the Democrat does the exact same thing, because it's this team sports thing, they don't they won't report on it and they want access with these politicians. Like, well, I don't want to be the one. Oh, are they really lying? It's like, yeah, you have the information. I've offered to take these people out to the forest to look at the trees being cut. It's just right off the it's not it's a three minute walk from the trailhead from the parking lot. And I'm trying to get coverage of the thing that's going on, which hasn't even happened yet. And the fact that our politicians are literally lying about it happening. They're saying this is not happening. And I have a feeling that they're going to get away with it. And so I'm putting stuff out through social media. Eco Integrity Alliance is putting stuff out there. We're making videos because it's kind of up to us. So if you see this, please share it. Please watch the video so at least they know that people know. So at least if they are doing this stuff and lying to everyone, they can't go to sleep at night knowing like, God, no one knows about it. We know about it. The question is, what can we do about it? Without any media, I, I don't know what we can do about it. But I'm hoping that putting this out there 
will make it so they'll realize they can't get away with the nonsense. But if we aren't able to make a dent in this, this, this is pretty high stakes because I think they're going to know like, oh man, we did the most egregious thing we could do. Uh, they put it out everywhere on the airwaves and nobody cared because nobody actually really heard about it or nothing was done about it or official media didn't cover it. They're going to try this everywhere. So if you think this is just happening in my county, think again. This is going to happen at your favorite trailhead, your forest, in your state, wherever you are, even if in your in some East Coast state, or if you're in some other country, they're going to see what they're doing here. And they're like, oh man, if you want to log trees, all you got to do is pretend it's for wildfire. Even if it's literally making things more dangerous for people in terms of wildfire with spreading this, the flames drying out the forest. So that is my excited rant. Like I'm almost, it's past dismay. It's too, it's almost like, this absurd amusement where it's almost like I never would have guessed that you could show a picture of a thing and people just say, no, but that's where we're at. You know, this alternative facts thing, just like in my world, that's not even old growth. Um, in my world that uh, years, what is a year really? You know, if you're on another planet, a year is actually this many days, you know, like who knows what their justification is. Uh, I kind of feel sorry for them. Like imagine having to do the mental gymnastics to be like, this is not a thing that exists. And, you know, part of me is like calling them out as lying. It doesn't feel good. I don't like to be aggressive in that way. They didn't say you're lying. They said, this is not happening, which is the same thing as calling me a liar. So they had the information. They could have said things like, well, we're going to have to look into this or we're not 100% sure or I haven't quite heard about this. You know, there's ways to be slippery politician. They just said, we are not doing this. So check out the video. I juxtapose the photos with what they're saying. Please help share that. Spread this podcast around. Comment on this. It's kind of just us doing this. Um, it's actually a lot worse than I ever thought. So really hope to have your engagement and your involvement. Really appreciate you listening to me talk about this. This isn't just about my hiking area. This is about our forests. This is about our climate. This is about our ecology, our wildlife, or I don't know if it's our wildlife, you know, but the wildlife. It's about flooding and erosion control. It's about soil quality. It's about air pollution. It's about oxygen. It's about pretty much everything. And they are just going full bore, propaganda, cut whatever. And here's what I have ultimately learned. As long as they're saying wildfire, they will cut any tree of any age, of any size, at any acreage, anywhere at any time. And the question is, are you going to let them get away with it?